and good day, and welcome to the 80th episode of Birds All Day, uh, the one where the season it really feels like it's total garbage. Uh, I am old, reliable Andrew Stoughton, uh, here by myself, hosting our third ever mini-episode, uh, and this episode of Birds All Day is sponsored. It is sponsored by Batflip, the greatest Toronto Blue Jays stories ever told. Batflip is a new book from Fan Reads that collects the best writing on the Toronto Blue Jays from over the past 40 years. It includes stories by R.A. Dickey, Buck Martinez, Stacey May Fowles, Stephen Brunt, Allison Gordon, our friend Drew Fairservice, and many more. Batflip is available now in paperback form from Amazon or an ebook for Kindle, iBooks, and Kobo. And you can learn more about it at fanreads.com. Fanreads, the greatest stories ever told for fans. And I can also let you know that there's a link to Amazon uh, where you can purchase that book, and it will be in the post that I include this podcast in. On BlueJaysNation.com, it will be in the Weekend Wrap post, which is where all of these Sunday night episodes are going to have a home. So, uh, how's that Blue Jays season going for you? Uh, what a what a dis- dispiriting, disappointing end to uh, a series that had some promise uh, at the start. Uh, you know, everything's not finished, everything's not over, but we're now sort of very firmly looking at wildcard scenarios. The division is unquestionably feeling like it's slipping away more and more every day. I'm As I'm recording this, uh, the Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees are playing. Uh, I don't know what the score is, and I don't give a shit right now, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, it should be a game that uh, every Blue Jays fan is uh, riveted to, uh, but right now the Jays are three and a half games back, uh, and it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like they're going in a way that uh, that is going to be able to catch up uh, and and undo that deficit. And I know I try to be positive all the time uh, because it's just it's usually just so fucking stupid to be negative. Uh, and, and I am positive. I, don't get me wrong. Uh, these are tinged with sort of gloomy thoughts, but uh, it's the reality that I think we have to face right now. Uh, but what you won't find me doing is, you know, saying the season is over, saying that, you know, we need to rebuild this team. We need to start really thinking ahead to 2017 because... It's pointless now to think about the Toronto Blue Jays in 2016, uh, which is bullshit. Uh, because, you know, the, these players, these hitters, and this is, you know, it's been the same fucking broken record for too long. You know, shitty pitchers who the Jays should have done better against, who uh, just continue to, to do well against them and continue to carve them up. Uh, and, you know, the pitching doing what it can to keep the game, to, you know, close and, and just not being there in the end. Uh it's frustrating as hell, but these are better hitters than that. Um, I am convinced. Their numbers are convinced. Their track records should convince us. Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know what you do about it at this point, except just watch and hope that it fucking changes, because, uh, good lord, it is not fun to watch right now. Um, but but that's where we're at, and we're, ha- we're headed into a huge series with the Seattle Mariners. Which, when we started thinking about that series, you know, a few weeks ago, as we looked at the the schedule down the line, uh, wasn't really on our radar. It was kind of like, eh, Seattle's not playing for anything. Well, now they sit two games back of the Jays, uh, and the Jays could fall out of the wild card race even if they continue to look like just fucking dog shit. Uh, and I, and and this is where, you know, I'm doing this. I'm being negative here. That was what I really noticed today uh, on the Twitter, following the game, while, you know, it's on the second screen watching the game. Uh, today was the day where it was really like, 
okay, yeah, all season, the fucking moron brigade is out there, ready to jump off the bandwagon, uh, you know, at, at, at the first sign of anything, you know, negative, because they, if they're in their, in their tiny, tiny hearts, uh, are cowards, and are garbage people, and are, are really not fans of, of the game, they're, they're front-running idiots, and are, are, would rather be right than, than actually appreciate this thing that they claim to appreciate, they're, they're trash, and should not be listened to or uh, afforded any respect whatsoever. So I really try my best to do that. Uh, but today felt like the day where, like, the people I do respect were kind of like, oh, Jesus Christ, really? Like, this is this is too much. Uh, and yeah, I don't even... I can't even remember the name of the fucking shitty, stupid fucking Angels pitcher. I know yesterday was Ricky fucking Nolasco. I know that Drew Smiley's had a bad year, and he fucking got away with stuff with, against the Jays last week. That's the one that really sort of sticks out in my mind because, you know, and I think today and yesterday, uh, Saturday and Sunday's games are of, of, a, of a similar kind to the Smiley game, which began with the Blue Jays just hitting fucking rockets into people's gloves all over the place, and that wasn't quite the same today, but they've, you know, they've had so many runners on base and in scoring position and just haven't been able to cash them, and that's where it really bugs me to get negative about stuff. Uh, because it feels like it validates the 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 underlying meaning that idiots have when they talk about you know the runners in scoring position stuff, uh, uh, where the the implication is, you know, these guys they don't have they don't have it, they don't have it in them to do it. They're not trying hard enough. You know, there's something there's some mental deficiency. There's some some blackness in their soul that uh, that keeps them from. Wanting to win, they're losers with a capital L, uh, and that's why they're not winning. And that, of course, is fucking stupid. Um, but calling that fucking stupid doesn't change the fact that it really sucks to watch this team right now and watch this team struggle to hit and continue to come up empty in bad, big situations, and to watch the teams around them, as we all have been doing. Uh, kind of get the exact opposite, you know, big home runs from Hanley Ramirez over the weekend from Mark Trumbo, uh, you know, just these <sighs> fucking trash Orioles really bothers me. Boston has frightened me all season long. Uh, I can't say that I knew this was coming. I know I remember joking about their August collapse early in the season, thinking that that was maybe a way to, uh, uh, you know, that's how I deal with, uh, baseball outcomes that I'm not ready, you know, really prepared for, uh, is by, is, is with false bravado, which I think is a much more charming way to do it, uh, than shitting where you eat, like these fucking morons who are just ready to declare the season over. Um, because it's not, it's not over. It's getting close to over. Uh, it's tough to think about having to watch the Blue Jays in a play-in game. It's tough to think about having to watch the Blue Jays in a playing game on the road at this point, which is where they sit in the standings as I'm speaking right now. Um, because I think they're better than that, and I think we thought that for a really long time, until about the start of September, actually. Uh, it really felt like this was a good team. And I think what happened last year and how not... You know, if you look at the overall record in the second half, they... It, it, they came back to earth a little bit after they clinched the division, and I think people maybe that that fed into this thinking. And I say people, and I probably include myself in the in this group of people, uh, where you're like, this is what a good team looks like, and oh, they clinched, so we kind of stopped paying attention a little bit. 
So they wobbled, but whatever. That, those games didn't really matter. And so what really made the Blue Jays last year what they were and what their identity was, was that period between the Tulowitzki and Price trades and when they clinched the division, when they just went out and beat the piss out of everybody. Uh, and that's not what good teams look like, generally. Uh, the Blue Jays are not the greatest team ever to uh, ever assembled in Major League Baseball who just can't get out of their own way and, you know, continually fuck things up. They're a team with flaws, obviously, uh, but they're a team with a lot of talent and that, that had a really strong run for a really long period this season and that still has all that talent there, which should allow them to uh, to get out of this, you know? It's just, it's fucked up. It really is. I mean, Jose Batista had two big DL stints this season, uh, and the Jays were fine without him. So the fact that he doesn't look like himself, though he hit a double in the ninth inning here on Sunday, continues to take his walks, continues to be a productive hitter, despite what you know a lot of people, I think, want to believe. Uh, the, fact that, the fact that they could do it without him is a testament to what they have offensively as a team. And... Uh, what you know we're just fucking missing right now uh it's really that's all there is to it it's just the bats are not producing i don't know i don't know how much deeper into it you can get than that frankly you know i i, uh, I hesitate to do shit like that because i think uh i think you just end up being wrong especially when you get into the you know they can't hack it kind of narrative based garbage uh, but even, you know, if you look too much at, I mean, how much can you, can you tell about you know, somebody's swing over the course of, you know, a couple weeks? Uh, you can tell a lot of things, I'm sure, if you are uh, well-educated in those sorts of uh, mechanical uh, elements of the game that uh, that are above my pay grade, for sure, but... Uh, I, it just it feels to me like you're grasping when you even start looking into stuff like that. Uh, and the reality is, they're just not fucking playing well right now. They're not hitting the ball. Uh, and it sucks. It really sucks because they're, you know, winnable games all over the damn place uh, that are turning into losses. But, again, all that said, they're still in as good a position as they have been in at this latest stage in the season, with the exception of last year, for 20 years. You know, it's uh, it's a great thing that they're here. It just feels like they're not trending in the right direction. Uh, but I just don't think that that's, you know, how trends in baseball work. I really fundamentally don't. And that is, I think, the the basis of my optimism about this team. And about, you know, what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks as they finish up this season and move on into October, which I'd still think that they're going to do. Uh, they've made it real damn hard on themselves to win the American League East. That is for sure. But the wild card's interesting. I don't want to, like, try to sell people on the goddamn wild card game, but it's, uh, that's a hell of a thing. It's a hell of a moment. It's a hell of a... Uh, an exciting thing, and if you win, then it's like you won the division anyway, basically. That is a ridiculously rosy way to look at it. Uh, it's obviously not ideal, it's obviously not what you play for. 
but hey, it's a path. It's a path into the playoffs, and then from there, better things can happen. And, you know, you just... There's no reason to think this team is this bad. There really... There just isn't. So, I don't fucking know. Let's get to some questions and get deeper into this shit, right? Because, inevitably, when I pull up my Twitter feed and see what people have been asking... That's what's going to happen. So let's see. We'll go to the first question, which is from at H.S. Walton. Uh, And I don't want to look too far into the future, into 2017 and beyond. And this podcast, fuck that. This is is 2016 still. The team is not done. The team is not going anywhere. Uh, At least not for another couple weeks. So so H.S. Walton asks, even if the Jays make it into the playoffs, does John Gibbons survive? Uh, I have no doubt that John Gibbons will uh, will still be breathing. I do not believe that's what the question is asking. Uh, obviously, uh, Gibbons is an interesting figure for the Jays. He's a guy who is from the old regime. So anytime that's a situation, uh, he might, you know, the manager is in danger uh, of losing his job, basically. When a new, you know, the new regime generally, uh, not just this regime, but anyone, will try to bring in their own kind of guy. Uh, but that said, it seems, at least on the surface, which is really the only way that we can tell, that Gibbons has a good relationship with Ross Atkins and with Mark Shapiro. He certainly seems to have a good relationship with the team. Uh, I like the way that he seems to operate. You know, I like the fact that uh, that he's had, he has his players' backs. He can be a disciplinarian and an authoritarian when he needs to be, but is generally pretty laid back. He's good with the media. You know, he keeps the pressure off his team in that sense. Uh, which I think is a lot of what a manager's job is because, you know, they're kind of just attaboy coaches in a lot of ways. Uh, just uh, just trying to keep things positive and guys loose and just put them in the, the position uh, in which they can best succeed, uh, which hasn't been happening a lot lately, but I don't think due to any fault of John Gibbons. Uh, he's not perfect, don't get me wrong. Uh, tactically, I can. there are times when I disagree with some of the things that he does, but I think that a lot of the time it's way too easy for fans to... To, to point fingers at a manager uh, in particular uh, when they're not doing it as a damn backup catcher uh, and and make him a bigger scapegoat than needs to be for the problems on a team because it's uh, because he's making decisions. And I think a lot of the time those decisions are, are coin flips or close to coin flips. And people just don't seem to, to appreciate the fact that you can really rationalize just about everything that he does uh, which is all I really am asking for, you know. If it if it if it can if you can make sense of what he's doing and it makes sense, uh, it doesn't always have to work because it's not always going to work. Uh, so I like John Gibbons. I like him as a character. He's not, you know, uh, <laughs> he's not he's not boring. He's not uh, he's not just an unassuming white dude. Which uh, John Heyman actually has a piece where he mentions Tori Lovello. Uh, who was a, a coach here in the Farrell regime, perhaps a possibility. He's uh, he's now with Farrell in Boston and uh, has connections, of course, to the Cleveland folks, which would drive everybody fucking nuts. Uh, if that connection was further established, like it did with Ben Charrington, who was there for a fucking year in 1998. Uh, and then the first thing you start hearing is, oh, they're hiring another Cleveland guy, uh, even though... That is an absolute coup for the Blue Jays to have hired Ben Charrington. But I'm getting away from the original question, which is about John Gibbons. Uh, And I bring up Heyman for a purpose, uh, which is that Heyman wrote about John Gibbons and his potential future 
uh, and spoke to a couple scouts uh, about it in a piece last week at today's Knuckleball. Uh, and if I can find it, he writes, If anything happens, it's because he wants to move on, one Jays person said. Which is crazy to me. Uh, I don't see John Gibbons wanting to move on, but this person suggested that it might be a younger team next year, and that is obviously going to put the fear into people because nobody wants to think about this team being torn down, even though maybe this week <laughs> people are a little more uh, receptive to that idea. Uh, but I think in terms of not being a team that is positioned to be successful next year, uh, to be as competitive as possible next year, nobody wants that. Uh, least of all, I assume, the suits at Rogers. I think there are far too many incentives uh, for Rogers. Uh, for them to go and let Mark Shapiro kill the Golden Goose right now and and start to tear things down. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and we've talked about that before. We talked about it on the podcast last, last week uh, or on Thursday. I've written about it a bunch. Uh, but it's an interesting notion uh, that the team could be, could be younger and that might be something that John Gibbons doesn't want to uh, to deal with. I think that's, like I say, nuts. Uh, I also think that, uh, and maybe that's somebody planting a seed about, you know, a mutual disagreement. Who knows? Um, but, I mean, there's almost no way that the Jays can't be younger anyway, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, Batista is up for free agency. Ari Dickey is up for free agency. Um, Edwin Encarnacion, at least... I would say at least two of those guys are not going to be be back, if not all three, uh, most likely at least. So it, it's a team that needs to get younger and probably can't get any older as it is. So I don't know. But anyway, I thought that was an interesting observation from supposedly a Jays person about John Gibbons. Um, and hopefully it's a good one because, damn it, keep Gibby. He's, uh, he's terrific, and I know that probably sounds crazy to certain people who – really want to try to dislike the guy. Um, but that's just because you're nuts. No offense. Except, you know, offense. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving on, the, the the big question, I guess, really, uh, everybody kind of had a version of the same question uh, tonight, which is, uh, for example, Views on the Six asks, thoughts on putting Tulo and Russell Martin ahead of Jose Bautista in the batting order? Uh, the Dow of Steve had a similar question about which players, which bench players or call-ups should be in games instead of the guys that they're, they're currently doing and that they're currently continuing to run out there uh, to little or no success. Uh, Danny Madaw asks about who should be playing left field most days, etc., etc., etc. I don't think that there's a magic recipe in the lineup. You know, I don't think that it's that they haven't figured out which order to bat the guys in in order to unlock their talent as, as hitters. You know, it's uh, it just doesn't work that way. You know, I mean, we spend a lot of time, too much time, arguing about the ins and outs of lineup, uh, lineup design and, and, and the lineup order when the reality is, you know, a good team, you're going to you're going to score runs, you know, you just, it, it, you're kind of talking about adding marginal runs by optimizing your lineup, not about significant, significant differences in the amount of production that a lineup is going to give you. Um, and you're talking about long-term versus short-term trends. So, I, I, you know, picking on the lineup order is just sort of a way of, 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 of throwing up your hands, I think. Uh, and that's similar to what uh, the Dow of Steve asked as well. 
uh, is it just too desperate to uh, was the was the secondary part of the question to to start mixing it up and and going away from regulars and trying to do something completely different in order to spark this offense. Uh, and I think it is too desperate. You know, I don't think that that's. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that that were it to dick finger quotes work that you know the correlation would would equal causation. You know, I don't think that's how that stuff works. Um, you can try it, I guess, but and and I know people are getting tired of Michael Saunders. He is having a dog shit second half. Uh, I know people are weird about uh, Jose Bautista still hitting in the four spot with guys who are who seem to be going better than him right now, uh, and Martin and Tulowitzki behind him, which I could not give a shit about, to be perfectly honest with you. And so, yeah, I I don't know. It's like people want an answer. It doesn't have to be the right answer. There is no right answer. The right answer is hit the goddamn ball better. Uh, and it's easier said than done. And, you know, this just this isn't that collection of last year's guys who were having career years. You know, you had Ben Revere come in and have a career year uh, in the second half or a career half, basically, because uh, he's not that good, as he proved this year. I said all along, but he was... Terrific for the Blue Jays last year, uh, even though I think they made the right choice in dealing him. Maybe it's not necessarily for the right reliever, Andrew Storen, but it certainly uh, it certainly came around and has worked out pretty well for the Jays. Uh, Kevin Pillar was having a career year last year. Ryan Goins, I, he does not feel like a guy who's going to have an 80-weighted runs created plus again. Uh, Chris Colabello was insane, and obviously he isn't here. And I've seen people on Twitter you know, asking one of the guys... Uh, who, i.e. Wilner or Barry Davis, who publicly fights with their, uh, with the, the unwashed masses, who make sure we all can see that and try to do it in private. People then just read my feed anyway, which I don't get at all. Why the hell would you want to read that shit? I don't want to be writing that shit. <laughs> I don't understand at all why anybody is clicking on my name and reading. If, I, if you see me in the in the stream of tweets, cool, but... Who the hell wants to read what I'm going back and forth with some idiot about? Um, but I digress. You know, Colabella is not a panacea this year. He's uh, <laughs> he's not playoff eligible, obviously, so that's one reason why he's not here. But also, uh, he is not as good as he was last year. And Smoke's having a down year. Uh, last year wasn't a career year because I think he's been better in Seattle, uh, at least in terms of weighted runs created plus. But he had a nice year last year, and a nice start to this year. Then they gave him some money, then he went in the fucking shitter. You know, I I don't know. I don't know what to tell anybody. Uh, but they have a good collection of hitters. They really do. Um, you saw them this weekend in these two dog shit games against Nolasco and What's-His-Fucking-Face, who I'm not even going to bother to look up. Uh, getting on base all the time. You know, a ton of innings where they had lead runners on and just could not do anything with runners in scoring position with runners on base. Uh and that happens. It happens way too much lately for anybody's liking. Um, but it's 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 a follies game, as my friend Bo would say incorrectly. Uh, <laughs> to to think that that's some due to some sort of mental failing on their part. Um, I guess you can grip the stick too tight, but I don't fucking know. I don't. I, I don't think that there's some magic 
answer to what's going wrong with this team. I don't think that there's one thing that we can point to and be angry about or point to and say, this has to change. Uh, except, you know, hit the damn ball. That's 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 really all that it comes down to. And, and I don't mean that in the sense of the swing and miss stuff, because I know that drives people nuts too. And it's, it's, it's not good to strike out. It is, it is less good than even making a, a quote unquote productive out. But that's another thing, you know, people talk about having these guys change their approach and uh, people, the writers in the, in this town got all, uh, got, got very fond of Jose Batista, Bautista, the other, uh, the, a couple of years ago when he, you know, used the field more, used all fields more, went the other way a bunch. Uh, this was some sign of maturity on his part. And this was, this was him, you know, do, doing something for the team and not for his numbers. And, and maybe that's gone away a little bit, but it's also not easy necessarily to do, you know, and it's not easy when, you know, you're Justin Smoke or you're Melvin Upton and you're, trying and having a difficult damn time doing it one way it's like no what you really you suddenly want people to just change the approach that is that has got them to the point in the career where they're making this kind of money where they're contributing to a big league team just because you know a couple weeks have been sour or, or in some of their cases a couple months uh i get the impulse to to complain about that but i also get the players and the coaches everybody's belief that that it's better to do what what works and what has worked. Uh, maybe that's a cop-out. Maybe at the end of the season you'll be like, well, these guys just aren't good enough. And that, that's what John Gibbons said after the game today. I think Barry Davis quoted him saying that. And You know, if we make the playoffs, we were good enough. And if we don't, we weren't good enough. And that's not a satisfying answer. And that's something that I come back to all the time in this game is that people aren't going to be satisfied with a lot of the answers that they hear about it because it's just, it's, it's, it's a game of failure and it's not a game where you, that, that has easy answers on a lot of these sorts of things. Um, so I don't, I don't fucking know. I could ramble for another 30 minutes and I still wouldn't fucking know. So what even is the point? I'll do one more question though, because I liked a response from, uh, from a reader who saw my Twitter feed and the question is from the Zoobs. Uh, your boy, the Zoobs, the Zoobs online, whatever he goes by these days, uh, friend of the podcast and frequent-ish, <laughs> once frequent uh, uh, voice that you would hear. Uh, and he asks, if the wild card game is at home versus Baltimore, uh, who starts? And I could not possibly come up with a better answer than uh, Matt Bennett, uh, who is MD Bennett 12 who says... Uh, Who's going to start a playoff game at home against Baltimore? David Price? Rick Porcello? Because that's what's going to fucking happen. The Jays are still going to fucking get back in this. Uh, <laughs> I say as sincerely as I can, which right now is not terribly sincerely because, fuck, it's been a shitty few weeks. Uh, but there are still... Games left, not a lot of games, but games in which the final outcome of the season can be influenced. Something's going to happen. Something is going to, something weird's going to happen. It, the the teams aren't just on their own on their current trajectories forever. We can extrapolate from that. 
You know, things are going to tighten. Something crazy is going to go down. And in the end, we all know Hillary's going to win. And so that's it. I hope you enjoyed this third mini episode of uh, of Birds All Day. I hope you enjoyed it more than I did having to think and talk about the goddamn state of the Blue Jays right now, which is just so fucking maddening. Uh, but it can only get better, right? I sure as fuck hope so. We shall find out on Thursday when we return with the big show with me and Drew. Uh, and more topics and hopefully some goddamn wins in Seattle. And until then, talk to you next time on Birds All Day. <laughs>